Welcome once again to A Christian and a Buddhist Walk Into a Bar. My name is Jamal and I'm a Buddhist. I'm Jacob. I'm a Christian. And I'm enjoying this afternoon, Jamal, just seeing you vibe out to (laughs) Kevin MacLeod's fantastic intro music. Yeah, well, it it does get me in the mood and, Jacob, it gets me a little hungry, if if I'm to be honest, Um, which which, which will make sense in a second, uh, why I'm hungry. Because he hasn't had lunch, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That's... No, I, 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 I do make an effort to eat before every podcast so I, I don't get the hangry and, uh, and we don't get stuck in theological battles. Um, but I, um, I, I'm hungry because, uh, Jacob, I have been touched by his noodley appendage. Now, have you been touched by his noodley appendage? Not to my knowledge. Last time I checked, I hadn't been touched by his noodley appendage. I could be wrong yeah. in this, but I, I believe not. Okay, well, well, this is all about to change. Um, <laughs> I, ha- I have a, um, I, I have a, I have an article for you today, Jacob. Now, um, a few weeks ago, or was it last week, we were talking about uh, Nongbri and the question of what is a religion. Yeah, that's right. And Nongbri's key point, as I remember it, was that a religion, at least in kind of a, a Western concept, is anything that resembles Protestant, Protestant Christianity. Uh, is that th- th- that's something you broadly agree with? Yeah, I mean, his basic thesis, to me, seems that religion in a lot of ways is a a Western construct um, that we then go and project onto other things that white Europeans found around the world um, as they discovered more people who weren't like themselves. Fair enough. Um, So I would like to present to you now, I guess, a a counterexample or at least a a case of... uh, a case of question when it comes to this uh, this concept of religion being uh, just akin to Protestant Christianity, um, and it is the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Have you heard of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster? The Pastafarians. Yes, I certainly have heard of the Pastafarians. I couldn't tell you all that much about them. There's there's been a documentary recently, which this article that you've sent through is on, and I have to confess I've not read uh, I've not read the documentary. I've not I've not watched it either. But it would it would be an interesting viewing. Yes, so the, the Pastafarians um, or the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, they are a, uh, a religious organization uh, formed in the United States. Uh, they wear colanders as uh, religious headdresses. Uh, their, um, their, their god is a uh, flying spaghetti monster. Um, and they, uh, they they generally believe that pirates are holy people. So these are all things that uh, the Pastafarians believe. As any right-thinking th- right person does, of Exactly, course. right. Um, so uh, There's a Johnny Depp lawsuit that's <laughs> been happening De- this year that you know, maybe calls that into question anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so you, you don't know much more than, than that? Are you, are you are you aware of like any of the kind of background as to how they formed and, and all that? Well, so like my, my understanding of Pastafarianism is that in a lot of ways it, it's essentially an, an anti-religion in that, um, I mean, the... The article has um, a couple of uh, talking about a couple of people complaining that the the religion has long been viewed as a joke. I mean, my understanding is that it essentially started as a as a joke in a way, but a serious joke because it's trying to poke holes at the the way that religion is treated by the American government in particular. Correct. So um, the religion was formed in 2005, um, and it was formed of this basis uh, in the state of Kansas in the United States. Um, they were they made a ruling to permit the teaching of intelligent design in schools. Now, a uh, a scientist, a physics teacher, um, came out and said, "Look, 
uh, yeah, this is all well and good. You can teach intelligent design, but like you have no right to say which intelligent design is correct. So actually I'm going to posit that, uh, that my religion, the church of the flying spaghetti monster, um, that, uh, we have a theory of intelligent design that should equally be taught alongside the Christian theory of intelligent design. Um, and yes, the point was uh, trying to talk about how the state views religion and essentially make the point that um, that you know if you are not going to uh, if you're not going to apply a kind of a prioritization of religion, like there is no official state religion or state Christianity or state Islam or whatever else then you have to treat all religions equally. And if you treat all religions equally, then this religion, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, is as legitimate as anything else and should be treated equally. So I, I guess uh, the question, I mean, the, the question that you're, you're really pointing at is, is pastafarianism actually a religion? Because just as an aside, um, I, I didn't look up the details properly before we started recording, but there's Satanists in the U.S. that have done some very similar things and have argued, you know, that because there's um, the statues up of uh, one of the state legislatures, I think they've got the Ten Commandments, so, you know, ingrained, you know, carved in a wall somewhere, and they've gone, well, therefore, there should be a statue of Satan somewhere as well because our religion deserves to be recognised too. Correct. And and I guess the interesting point I think I had when reading this around the Nongri and around this idea of, like, well, a religion is anything that looks like Protestant Christianity is that... Pastafarianism is almost explicitly created to look as much like Protestant Christianity as possible, <laughs> yes, right? Like, absolutely. you know, they they have um they have a holy person called Moises the pirate who has <laughs> eight commandments on tablets because he had ten and then dropped two and broke them. You know, like um there's you know they I think they have a version of Noah's Ark, but it's a pirate ship. Like there's you know it is deliberately set up to be as Protestant Christian as you possibly can be whilst also worshipping a flying spaghetti monster. Um, and so I guess... It was remarkably silent for the however many thousand or million years of creation up until 2005. But anyway... Oh, well, no, anyway. Actually, actually, I, I, I want to actually... Oh, there, there some, are earlier revelations, are there? There are lots of revelations. So they have what they call the, uh, the loose canon, which is the holy book, um, also known as the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Now, I actually have a copy of that book... Um, can I read you uh, one one excerpt from Absolutely. from Suggestions One One? Yep. So this is uh, su- Suggestions One One. I am the flying spaghetti monster. Thou shall have no other monsters before me. Afterwards is okay. Just use protection. The only monster who deserves capitalization is me. Other monsters are false monsters, undeserving of capitalization. So this this seems like it's it's screaming out for warfare with Sesame Street, I, something like that, and also a, an excerpt from uh, Slackers one fifty one to fifty two. Uh, Since you have done a half ass job, you you will receive half an ass. The great pirate Solomon grabbed his ceremonial scimitar and struck his remaining donkey, cleaving it in two. So you know they they have very very Christian. Um, Christian-linked kind of holy books and texts and all that kind of thing. Um, the, the difference is that rather than God, they have a flying spaghetti monster. Um, so I, I guess my question to you is, you know, do you think the Church of Flying Spaghetti Monster is a religion? Well, I, I have to say no. Because, like, okay, so why, well, why not? Well, it, it, see, it depends on – we're back to where we were the last couple of weeks of – 
um, how do how does one define something as being religious? I guess my issue with the the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is that, like, I, I put it this way: I, I simply can't take their revelation seriously, right? Like, I, I'm I'm not buying that the flying spaghetti monster has revealed himself to you know whoever the the Joseph Smith of pastafarianism is um, and that they they now have some new insight on the human condition I, I actually like I kind of I get a lot of what they're trying to do and and there's a lot of that that makes a lot of sense and so it, if if we're going to take the view that uh, an ideology or a football club or something like that can be a religion then then sure pastafarianism can be a religion as well but that that really drives out the question of like well what is you know what what's the the divine side of religion and the the deeper understanding of reality that a religion gives us. Well, and so so here is, I think, what I'm getting to the crux of, and I think um so the article we've got is uh, from the conversation, and it's about the documentary I Pastafari, uh, which is the new documentary about Pastafarianism. Um, and I think one of the points that it makes there that I think is what we're getting at here is that I think what is being applied here is a there is essentially a an assessment of truth that is being applied to determine whether or not something is a religion. So I think what's happening is most religious people are looking at pastafarianism saying, well, this is clearly a joke, right? That we, we apply this kind of assessment of, is this true? And they say, well, clearly not. So therefore it's not a religion. I guess the difficulty there is that I think if you, uh, as uh, from what I understand you do, if you do believe in a kind of universal truth, as a lot of uh, religious people do, you have to apply the exact same conclusion to every single other religion in the, on the planet, right? So, you know, if, if you're a Christian and you believe in God and Jesus as the kind of the single source of truth here, what is difference between Pastafarianism and Islam? Like, what is the difference between Pastafarianism and Jainism? It's like they, they are both... You know, doing cultural practices, they're both making claims to spirituality. They, you know, whether or not you believe them, they're making claims to d- yeah. the divine and the human yeah, totally. condition. Um, why do you provide? Why do you think one is more true than the other? Or why does Jainism get to be a religion and Pastafarianism doesn't? Other than you just believe Jainism a bit more, or, or Jainism has been around for a bit longer, which is exactly. know, one of the arguments that's that's made in this article. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, a couple of questions there. And and the first is like, you know, I, I don't know if we touched on this in the last couple of episodes, but the question of why does it matter if something is classed as a religion or not? Um, what the Pastafarians are picking up on um, really, um, well, really well is that the American state, you know, theoretically the american constitution has a separation of church and state um and so you know religious teachings aren't to to dominate any any particular part of what the country does and they're calling that out and saying well you know you are privileging particularly particular religions over others such as pastafarianism here um and so they're they're exposing an aspect of that and and that points us to like well why does what it, something is classed as a religion or not you know why does that 
matter because there are particular tax exemptions for religions and there, there are particular privileges that are given. There's particular um, reasons that you might have for, um, you know, not doing military service, say, for religious reasons that a lot of Western countries have. Um, yeah, and so they're, they're just exposing a, a dualism in the thinking there. And it, there's an interesting parallel to the way that Germany treats the Church of Scientology, I mm-hmm. think it is, which is basically banned in Germany because the Germans look at the, the German state looks at the, the Church of Scientology and says, well, this is a pyramid scheme and we don't want people to get sucked into whatever, so we're just going to ban it outright. Um, and again, is, is that privileging some religions over other? Like it, that matters because because of the way that a state treats religion is why the question of what is a religion mm. actually matters. Well, and I think this goes to kind of my my main point around this, which is that I do think this kind of provides a counterpoint to Nongbri, right? I think the statement that anything that looks like Protestant Christianity is what we define as a religion, I think is disproven by the fact that we have something that is deliberately set up to look like Protestant Christianity and... We, well, don't, see, we don't class it as a religion. See, right? I would, I would the, the, say that they're proving Nongbri, right? Because the, the entire reason that their argument works and the reason they get into you know, courtrooms in the US and whatever, they, they, they built it this way to look like Protestant Christianity, to make the point that, hey, look, you, you know, United States government, you're privileging Protestant Christianity. Why don't you privilege this other thing that doesn't look like, pro- sorry, that does look like Protestant Christianity, let alone then. Islam or, you know. Well, sure. So if it proves Nongbri then, then you have to agree that it's a religion. Like, like you, you can't hold that it proves Nongbri right. and it's also not a religion. Sure. Like, so that, you know, one or the other has to be there, right? You either have to go, this is a religion, right? Which is actually my stance. I personally think this is a religion, right? Because again, I'm a spiritual relativist and who am I to say that there isn't a flying spaghetti monster? <laughs> um, so I actually do think this is a religion. So I, I can get behind a this proves Nongbri because here is a reli- here is something that is, you know, by all kind of uh, spirituality measures is not a religion, but by all kind of cultural and uh, appearance measures is a religion. So, and we're going to say that that is a religion, fine. But I think it doesn't work for for the position to then be held, which is what you said before, which is you don't believe this is a religion, but also that it proves Nongbi, right? So, so, if, so yeah, the, yeah. the point so I'm getting is, is for you... For you here, yeah. there has to be something other than it looks like Protestant Christianity because you don't believe this is a religion. Well, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say that point, and fair enough. Like, it's either, um, and, and this is where, certainly for me as a Christian, um, I, if we're, let, let me put it this way. If we're going to talk about different religions, I would say that, you know, ultimately on the basis of, you know, what is truth, that it turns out that Christianity is at the core the only right one, right? And you know, Judaism and Islam and even, even Buddhism to to an extent um, are, are good insofar as they see aspects of the truth, but they don't see it wholly um, because they don't they don't have Christ. But I would also go well. That's that's no way to run a country, right? On on that basis, uh, and there's something incredibly valuable and something you know, probably Christian around recognizing and tolerating different religions within a country. And for Western pluralism, this is enormously important. But then it goes to the question, and again, this is what the Pastafarians are, are getting at really well in the United States because you have um, things like the teaching of intelligent design in schools in, in Kansas, which is what kicked all this off, or... Um, laws around head coverings, right? Like um, 
why would some states, I, I don't know in the US, but certainly in France, they have all sorts of issues around the hijab and the burqa and, and other Islamic head coverings. Um, you know, can you wear them for having a driver's license or when you're going into a bank or whatever? And here they are with a colander on their head saying, well, this is our religious garb. You have to allow us to wear it in a driver's license photo. Um, but I, I guess the question is, on on what basis then do you make... Uh, what, they're, what they're pointing out is that the Kansas school system at that point moved away from a scientific basis for teaching biology and, and so on, which we would argue in a Western liberal democracy is, you know, that's kind of where you should go, follow follow the scientific process to, to where it leads. Um, where was I going well, with so it, this it, thought? It, but, it sounds like what you're... Well, but, so, so, but on, on what basis then do you make the values on which a society runs? And this is the, the example in Australia and the United Kingdom, certainly, has been aspects of Sharia family law, right? Which, if you're a Muslim, Sharia law for you know, family court stuff is just, it's a huge deal because that's what God commanded through the Prophet Muhammad and, and how you work all of that out. But for Western liberal democracies, they really struggle with this because it flies against certain understandings that we have around how marriage works and women's rights and all of this kind of stuff. So, you know, should Muslims in a Western country have a parallel legal structure? Is, is that recognising their religion and, and where does all that come from? Yeah, and I think the point that I hear you making here is that there is maybe a distinction between what is a religion for state purposes and what is a religion for spiritual purposes, mm-hmm. right? That that we have a concept of, okay, a religion is these things for the purposes of how we operate as a society, which maybe aligns with Nongri. And then we have a concept that is, well, this is actually what we see a religion to be from a spiritual perspective, which is different, right? Which has that additional layer, as I think I said before, the, of like, you know, the, the, the truth assessment layer on there, right? Is, is that a fair articulation of what you're getting at? I think that's a reasonable way to put it, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, okay, so if we're going to go there then, so maybe we land on the point that Nongbri is correct from the state perspective, that that what is a religion, uh, at least from the concept of liberal Western societies, is things that look like Protestant Christianity, and that is essentially how we define it from the government and uh, operational perspective of how we treat it. And there's an excellent question there of should it be, mm. but yes. Yeah. Right. And so so I guess this other question then which I want to get to is yeah, what is the what is the additional assessment you apply that makes a religion not just functional from a state perspective but from a spiritual perspective? That's an excellent question. And and like I see this is again I'm I'm we're probably on a similar page here because I, I would I would want to my my gut instinct would be to define a religion quite broadly as essentially something that helps you make sense of the world around you, right? Like it's a, a, a working map to reality. Flying spaghetti and monster helps make sense of the world. Do you, do, do you know, do you know, <laughs> Jacob, that do you know why humans have grown in height over history? I thought that it was mostly due to diet and... Um, well, I mean, in, yeah. in, in, in the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, they actually explain that. It makes sense to the world. It's because his noodly appendages touches everyone on their heads and kind of like puts a bit of downward pressure, 
But since there are more people on the world, he's got to spread his noodly <laughs> appendages more, uh, you know, more all over the place. So there's less pressure that can be exerted on each people. So then people kind of are growing a little bit. So are pastafarians uh, in favour of or against birth control? Um, look, I, I think it depends on the sect, uh, <laughs> which which way it goes. But um, well, like, uh, so 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 pastafarianism in the, like, and this kind of comes back to what I was saying before, where I would say that you know if we're if we want to define religion on in these terms, I'll I'll go with that so far. But for me, I'll come back to well, yeah, but it turns out that Christianity is the the right one, as it were. So the flying spaghetti monster. I've not read the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Is that yeah. what it's yeah. called? Yeah. Well, the, so the, and, the, and the maybe loose I, canon. Yeah, sorry, the loose canon. And maybe I, maybe I need to go and check that out a bit more. Um, but for me, that. It, it might give a map to reality, but it's not a compelling map of reality. And it, you know, the, I, I've never felt the noodly appendage, right? Like, I've, there's, sure, but, there's no but, evidence that that exists. But, but would you say Taoism is a compelling map to reality for you, or would you say, I mean, you know, take take Rastafarianism, right, which is a you know very very different religion to Christianity. I mean, if you haven't felt the compellingness of that, like you know, I guess what's to say that? How do you define between things you don't find compelling? Well, and, and this is this is what I'm saying. This is where I would come back to. Like, there, there can be a whole bunch of various maps to reality, but ultimately the Christian map is the, the most valid one in my experience. And sure. there may be other maps out there that I'm not aware of. But like these conversations, I'm learning a heap about Buddhism, which yeah. is fantastic. And that's actually that's growing my map and my understanding of reality. We'll come to this probably in a, a couple yeah. more episodes. Um and I I find that there's a lot of that that lines up with the Christian map that I've already gotten, and that's all. Well, so, right. I, so but but I guess this is like I guess this is the key point that I keep pushing on here is that I I completely accept that the Christian map is the correct map for you, right? I completely sure. accept that that is uh, from your perception the true map, and that therefore Christianity is the the one correct religion, right? But I guess. The bit that I'm getting stuck on. Welcome, brother. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay. (laughs) The the bit that I'm getting stuck on here is that, like, I I don't see the difference in your perception of the world. If if you say there are lots of maps, there's one really good map, and there's a bunch Mm -hmm. of maps that are not quite as good, Mm -hmm. and maybe they get to some of the stuff, but they're not really as good as the good map. It's like if I introduce a whole new map that's in the shape of a spaghetti monster, Mm. like why? I guess why is that map any different from a different map that you also don't think is true, right? Like, like, like you know, I'm absolutely, absolutely, yeah. in in the same way as Marxism yeah. is a map that like has some truth to it, but sure. you know, it, it's not going to get you all the way. And like, ultimately, that's the question about a map, right? Like, uh, we're stuck in the map analogy, which is I. Again, from a Christian perspective, I, I know I introduced the map analogy, yeah, yeah. but I don't know that it's the the greatest way to to look at it. Actually, um, because uh, if put it this way, in in Christian understanding, it's the the map has been given to us, if you like, um, and and we have a guide as we walk it. Um, so it's not like you're just kind of following the map and trying to work out where it's going. But just to to stick with the imperfect analogy for a moment, is a map any good if it doesn't actually get you to the the destination? that you you want to get to and there are lots of people who absolutely at least appear to wholeheartedly claim that the flying spaghetti monster has supported them 
to attain spiritual awakening, right? Like, like, and I guess it's that thing where, like, sure, you might say, well, they're lying, but again, you could say the same thing about any religion you don't like. Sure. So, yeah. I, well, I, and and like you know, that's that's good for them. I just yeah. I strongly suspect that they're wrong. I'll, I'll put it that sure. way. Sure. You know, they don't. You, you don't need to be lying to be mistaken. Right? Well, yeah, and and I I have no problem with you thinking that the flying spaghetti monster is wrong. I think what I have a problem with, or not a problem, what, 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 the bone I'm picking here is you also think that all these other things are wrong. And so it's like, I, but you, I think you seem to, at least my perception is you seem to think that the, the flying spaghetti monster is more wrong than lots of other things you think are wrong. And I guess my point is that I don't see why it is more wrong than anything else. Like I, I can accept hmm. that it's wrong, right? But, you know, for you... Yeah, Rastafarianism is also wrong. So Pastafarianism, Rastafarianism are both wrong. They both don't actually point to to Jesus and God. So I guess I go, well, what's what's the difference? Yeah, and and this is uh, possibly subjective of me, and and you're making a really good point. Um, but it, it it comes down to the. I mean, let's let's go there for a second. It comes down to the formation of Pastafarianism. In that, like, I, I get what they're doing, kind of politically, and the critique they they're making. And I'm on board with a chunk of it, um, but I, and 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 maybe I'm wrong. And you're right. Maybe people have had experiences of the the flying spaghetti monster. It just it doesn't it doesn't strike me as a true revelation. It strikes me as something which people made up to make a point. Yeah. Um, and and you could apply that critique actually to to other religions as well. And this is part of where the the question of, I mean, how true is a map comes up? Like, because does a map come from God? Did Muhammad or the Buddha or whatever have some revelation and some deep teaching? Well, I, I would say on the face of it, yes, in in some way, shape, or form. You know, Moses has an encounter with God, and and you know, I. I would say there's a there are there are some and pastafarians would probably disagree with me because this is the their shtick, mm. um, but there are, there are some that have a more genuine appearance than others, and this might be my entirely subjective viewpoint um, because because I would say that um, uh, Mormonism and Joseph Smith and the Golden Tablets that only he could read and and all the rest of it just has has this air to it of well is this actually so, a so, thing or so, did or did he just run around telling all of these people so where do you stand on scientology i i would instinctively throw that in the same basket as i just did mormonism but i fully confess that i don't know as much about the the origins mm-hmm. of scientology um and uh, christian scientism is a similar thing mary What's her face? The the woman who founded it. It's like, it's this revelation which came just to her, mm. and this is just this is one of the things that fascinates me and that I find compelling about Christianity, is that it is not purely this revelation that came to this one guy who then told everyone mm. about it. It's the the events of the the life and then death and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth who you know then witnessed to by a bunch of people who could have all been lying or could have colluded to make it up and and all the rest of it but it seems to me less likely that they all ran around making that up and you know died for it and so on so, than the the Joseph Smith Mormonism story for so, instance. so it sounds like there's a scale right 
it, it, it sounds like for you there, there is a spectrum. There is, you know, Christianity or uh, Lutheran Christianity as the, the, the number <laughs> one on the spectrum of, of religions, of things. That, like so, so this is a really interesting thing in Nongbri, yeah. just as an aside yeah, yeah. To, to track back to last week. I don't know if we spoke about it then. Um, but he, he has this chapter on how Christians interpreted others, particularly Christians, but like how other religions have seen other religions mm. in history. Um, and he describes this, uh, I think, a 4th or 5th century hagiography, so a story of a saint in Georgia, which actually, when you look at it, is the life of the Buddha. Mm. And they've discovered the stories of the Buddha and they've gone, well, this, this might, and incorporated it into their Christian story and had the Buddha as a saint. And um, Christians in the Middle Ages, he argues, basically saw Muslims as Christian heretics yeah. that were kind of you know, almost there, but not quite. So that's just... Yeah, well, 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 and and, and that's the thing, right? So, so I think the the point that I that I think that I think you're getting at is that it's almost like you agree with Nongbri to the nth degree beyond what Nongbri says, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we've got we've got Nongbri as the definition of like how a state defines religion and how you functionally in society do that, right? But what but what your kind of position is is that you believe that a religion is anything that looks like Protestant Christianity, including the spiritual revelation side of it. So including things that are close enough to your understanding of spiritual revelation that therefore get to be classed in with that. So other religions that you see as also having revelations that kind of align with Christian revelations get classed in and any religions that you see as not having the the spiritual experiences that align with Christian spiritual experiences probably get left out. Well, I I wouldn't want to say in and out, I'd say kind of like a, a sliding scale of grey, if you like. Well, so right? this, this is what I'm saying. So, yeah. so there's the scale, right? There's there's Lutheran Christianity as number one. This is the most best best thing. I, I just just to put out, I would never put it that way. Sure, like, I, yeah. I, 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 I'll phrase it that way for you. <laughs> um, and then and then essentially, there's a scale of all other religions on the in the world. Uh, as to how close they are in appearance, functionally and you know culturally, but also in their spiritual teachings and their spiritual revelations, are uh, how close they are to Christianity and how close they are to your understanding of like spiritual revelation in Christianity. And essentially, yeah, there is a scale. And I guess the the the, the, the interesting question that I that I think I've been pushing you on today is mm. where does the line stop? Like, like, where is the line between, you know, because on a scale, right, yeah, the complete opposite end of that scale is complete atheism and, you know, uh, humanist materialism that... Which just, I would argue is religious in, in a lot of ways, sure. right? Sure. Yeah. Well, so if you want to say everything's on that scale, then, then literally <laughs> every belief in the world is a religion, right? Um, so, but but, but I, I guess I guess I think that, I think there is a line that is getting drawn somewhere here. And I guess mm-hmm. my question is, where is that line? And you know, and maybe Pastafarianism is that line. Like maybe that is the that is the thing. But um, so I think there's a couple of really important things to to yeah. say here. Um, the the first is that I I don't want to claim for a second that I know God perfectly somehow. And and you can get you know. As you were saying, you know, the, the, the Lutheran tradition is the, the best possible one of all the ones. But um, it, it certainly, to me, for my understanding of how reality works, like it, it makes um, as much sense as, as anything else I've encountered. I think there's a few other Christian traditions that also um, uh, make a, a hang of a lot of sense of things, and then some less so. But I think any anybody in the Christian tradition... 
um, would or, or should um, acknowledge that you know well I I don't know God perfectly and there are, there are aspects so there are, there are aspects of Lutheran theology that just it seems clear to me and point to God really clearly there are also things that I learn from other parts of Christianity and as I was saying before things I learned from Buddhism um, so it's it's not like there's one perfect way and, and here is the here is the exact way that you understand God right but I would say that God is to be fully known in Jesus Christ and and that we can actually you know if, if God is infinite um, and the the creator of the cosmos and we can't possibly understand and comprehend the the width and breadth and everything else of God we, we can maybe, see God more clearly from some angles than from others. So that that's the first thing to say. And the second is that I don't know I don't know if there is a line. Like mm. in in some sense I th- I think it's well I I obviously think it's reasonable to go, you know, if if God is to be known in this way and if God has revealed God's self in this way, then the further you go from that, the less clear a picture you, you have of God. I think that just that follows logically. Um, which is not to say that you've got no picture of God at all. Um, in different, I, I think there are, there are atheists that I know who I would say are, are pretty close to understanding reality as, as God has made it. Um, and so the, the part of that aspect is just subjective. Like you, you believe, you know, people people believe what they believe, and some people will think what I believe is wrong, and that you know, that's okay. That's how it is. But then it comes to that broader question of what should the state privilege, which is where we started this conversation. And I just think we're we're coming to the end of this episode, so I I don't know whether we'll open it up on the next one or not, but. It's just a brutally difficult question to ask from a, a Western democratic perspective in that so many of Western democracy values, um, whether you agree with them or not, come from Christianity and Christendom and that history of Western Europe. And and what do you recognize or what do you privilege or not? Because I fundamentally kind of agree that you've either got to privilege everything or you've got to privilege nothing. But how do you do that? when you've inherited a democratic and a legal system uh, and a, a system of universal human rights and all the rest of it, which you could justify from elsewhere, perhaps, but fundamentally has sprung up from a Christianity that a whole lot of us don't believe in now. And that's, you know, that's fine for what it is. But how, how are you going to justify, again, it, it just doesn't seem to me how you can justify not having Sharia law, for instance, in that in that framework, right? Like you've got to allow everything or nothing. Yeah, and 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 I think that you're right. That, that is a that is an open question, and um, you know, I I um, you know, I actually I very appreciated the conversation we've had in this in this episode because I feel like I I've probably pushed you a little bit more than than we normally have on this one because I I think the um, yeah, I think I think the question that we need to ask ourselves is, you know how do we define these things right because how we define these things then then kind of brings in how we behave in society and how mm-hmm. we 
as members of the society contribute to making that societal picture of what we what we allow and what we don't allow um but also yeah, how we treat other people how mm. we actually you know how we actually go about uh, engaging with various people in various situations right like i think you know the pastafarians have attempted to have their religion recognized like from from a state perspective and I, and i think you know we have probably skipped over this point because we probably just both agree with it that you know what from a state perspective they probably should be you know like <laughs> if we're going to say scientology is a religion if we're going to say mormonism is a religion if we're going to say christianity is a religion if we're going to say buddhism is a religion from a state perspective there, there there's nothing inherently mm-hmm. different like unless you want to apply this well i have a certain conception of truth and yep. therefore that it's got to also be close to that conception of truth from a state perspective. And to do that, you have to then have some form of religion in the state. Correct, right? yeah. yes. So so from a secular state perspective, there is pastafarianism is as religious as anything else. It has cultural practice. It officiates weddings. It has a concept of a, a map, so to speak, of how to understand the world. Um, you know, every Friday is a public holiday. Um, you know, pirates are holy. Um, you you finish every prayer with ramen. Um, there's a lot that appeals. There, there's, you know, there's heaps there, right? It's and it's great. Um, I, I, I'm going to hold you hold me to this, everybody. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to give you a copy of the book of the Flying Spaghetti Monster because I think it'll actually be a very interesting read <laughs> for you to actually go through it. Um, but but yeah, so so from a state perspective, like I think we we agree that that's how um, yeah, that's what we should do. But yes, I think. We all inherently have a hierarchy, right? Like you, you can't exist in a world without you, you can't operate yep. there without a sense, that sense of hierarchy. For you, it's Christianity. For me, it's Buddhism. Whatever, but um, being able to reflect and understand that hierarchy and understand how it impacts our opinions and our approaches and that kind of thing is really important for us, not only as theological people, as religious people, but also as members of society, as part mm. of the state that then dictates what is and is not a religion. Absolutely, couldn't couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of us, I've, I've enjoyed this conversation mm. immensely because you've, you've been pushing me and it's good. Um, hopefully the, the listeners, I don't know, might feel pushed as well. We'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. But uh, it's something that I think we don't think about enough um, in our societies and our cultures. We just kind of assume that what we think, our maps of the world are the right ones and, yeah. and we work from there. For sure. Um, now, uh, speaking of maps and pirate treasure, it is time for our joke uh, today. Um, Excellent. Which, um, which you know, Christian and a Buddhist walked onto a pirate ship. A, a Christian and a Buddhist walked into a uh, a, a pirate bar, um, and, and, and there there are a whole bunch of pirates around, <laughs> and they, uh, you know, they, they they were going down there, and they they, they, they went up to the bartender, and were like, you know, they, is everyone here a pirate? And the bartender's like, yeah, everyone's here is a pirate, and it's like, like, how do you know? And he's like, oh, because they are. <laughs> That was, that's beneath you, Jamal. Uh, yeah, look, um, at least at least the flying spaghetti monster is above me, uh, and, and, and he, he does forgive as long as you uh, as long as you make make noodles on a Friday and uh, have some very very nice meatballs with them. Uh, thank you very much. That's all we have time for today. But um, look, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, if you would like to get in contact with us, if you would like to uh, share with us your experience of his noodley appendage, we can be contacted on christianbuddhistbar at gmail.com. That's exactly right. The music is by the great Kevin McLeod. Thank you for your royalty-free music, Kevin. We really appreciate it. Uh, we will see you all uh, next week for another episode. Uh, in the meantime, um, hopefully you uh, experience some noodles. 